and welcome to an episode of War Dice, Episode 2. I'm Gonzo. And I'm John from War Budgies. And today we're going to be talking about the Imperium. Um, we've got a lot of things to say about this faction, and it's going to be kind of weird and interesting about what's going on. Oh, yeah. um, because this one both threw us for a loop, um, building and designing and just goo-goo and gogging over the models, because we're going to talk about all that. Um <laughs> But before we do that, we want to thank everybody that listened and said really cool things. I didn't know if you saw that, but a lot of people said some really cool stuff about our first episode. Yeah, it was awesome. I was really surprised. I mean, someone did say we were very professional, and I kind of laughed because uh, we <laughs> record this and put it out almost on the same day, and I do no editing besides strip the audio from the video feed and throw it on the More Than Dice channel and let it go. <laughs> really, we're just a couple of lunatics with a microphone, so thank you guys. Yeah, we really appreciate it. it. It meant a lot to see that and people saying that they were happy to do it. And we got some really cool feedback, like, um, I can't remember the individual's name, but they said that they were uh, they were glad that we didn't take uh, Gatecrasher also. Gatecrasher, uh, yeah. I thought that was interesting. I mean, I, I don't care for it, you know, but it was pretty cool. Um. So we're going to be talking about the Imperium this time. Um, yep. I've played very few games of the Imperium. I've had to do some proxying. Um, but this, this, I mean, this really, really, really threw me for a loop. This was a hard, hard faction yes. uh, to get around. Uh, I have a friend of mine that's a very competitive player um, and likes really hard skill cap level armies. And I gave him the Imperium. I mean, like, this is an army that is very high skill cap because they have a ton of things going on. Yes. And he's like, okay, I'll check it out. And he, like, looked at it and was like, this was a really hard army. And I'm like, yeah, this one threw me for a loop. And I'm not even a hardcore tournament player. And this guy was like, this guy's a hardcore tournament player and, like, goes to, you know, the WTCs and, you know, goes all over the place. Mm -hmm. And he was like, wow, this is trippy. And I'm like, yeah. So, so we'll talk about it a little bit more later on, but they have so many cool things to do with ARC, but you still only have your seven ARC. Like correct. I, I'm cashing out so often with the Imperians. Yeah. This one this one really, really... Uh, and I, I kind of played with that, too. I, I went with that ability that we can... You know, they're always playing with ARC, and we they're so ARC-starved that my list pushes around that a lot. Yeah. So, well, before we get into the, all the cool details... um. Fluff man, give me the fluff. Right, so let's meet the Empyreans. Uh, basically, they were here first. So humanity shows up in the Cyrus Galaxy, and we've got all this really cool stuff, all these void gates, this intricate network linking the whole galaxy together in this giant complex mechanism. That was all done by the Empyreans, and they basically figured that they had won at life. They got the system, this whole thing built up. They gathered all these alien races under their banner, uh, we've got some suspicions that there's some races that they that said no that may have been exterminated or driven off. We're not sure yet. But at the end of it all, they kind of went to sleep in the center of the galaxy thinking they had a job well done, only to wake up and find out they had a bad case of humans. And the analogy I like to use for this is it's very much like cleaning up your whole house, you lay down for a nap, and when you wake up, your living room is full of squirrels. Okay. And you have no idea how they got there or what they're doing, but you need them gone. So that is the Empyreans in humanity. They are coming back out from the center of the galaxy. They are here to solve the problem that is rampant humanity everywhere. And the problem that we have, or 
the problem that humanity has is they know the system. They they built all this. They are the masters of Ark. They're the masters of the Void Gates. They know everything we don't know. And that's really what kind of makes them a absolute challenge to every single one of the human factions. I didn't even know that. So that tells you how much I know of the fluff. I just thought they had cool-looking models, and they were very alien. And I went, deal. Yeah, they have absolutely <laughs> boss-level models. They're they're very unique. They're they're definitely alien, hundred um, percent. They don't look like anything else out there. Uh, everything's kind of smooth and you know pointy and transition. No boxy type stuff at all. Mm-hmm. Um, very kind of like a liquid metal type thing. Um, to to a lot of their stuff and they're i mean large wings large pokey objects i mean very dynamic posing to all these models especially with the weapons uh the one whips you know the huge type of things coming off of this soon so definitely a very alien-esque type models yeah that was also a super super brief crash course the uh thousand worlds book has a great in detail look at the aspects of them and how they started and what's going on Really encourage people, if you have not checked out the Thousand Worlds book, it is a great freaking book. Oh, no kidding. Uh, this book, you know, I, I usually don't buy the books because everything's, you know, usually digital now. Yeah. Um, but when Privateer Press said they were going to be making a, a book with a Thousand Worlds, I was like, deal. I mean, cool. And I mean, this book is solid. It's one of the best books that Privateer Press has ever done. It's got great art, a ton of fluff if, you like, if you're into that. Um Really, it has stats for everything, cards for everything, painting tutorials. This is like the all-in-one book. Highly, highly recommend it. Yes. It is. It was our first in-depth look, really, at, at who the Imperians are. It's really fascinating. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I mean, like I said, it's it's a legit good book. Um, it's, it's a good centerpiece that you can sit there and talk about and read about, uh, show people to, you know, who may be interested. Like, hey, well, look at this book and, you know, tell me what you think. Um, type stuff, so highly recommend that. With yep. that being said, and I know you've kind of pushed around for it, um, and this is all just us questioning. We're not saying that Privateer Press is going to do this, so don't quote <laughs> us. What do you think we get a space battle game from them? As uh, in dude, spaceships. I want one so bad. <laughs> <laughs> like I an love- Armada type style, large yeah. and small, or just small? Uh, I'm not sure. So it, it's interesting because as far as I'm aware, granted, I haven't read every single bit of the fluff. The, there's not a whole lot of interstellar travel, like right. spaceships and all that, because we're moving from one world with a void gate to another world with another void gate. So I would assume it would be something more orbital-based, probably smaller scale. Having a, like a fleet battle in atmosphere is terrifying and awesome <laughs> at the same time. So do not quote us on that. That's just kind of one of John's things. He's been, you know, hammering and wanting that so bad that just just because your um, your Jericho Reach is kind of based around all that type of fluff information, correct? Absolutely. Which the first episode of that should be going up in two days from now, Sunday. Sweet. And the conclusion happening at? And the finale is going down at Warfare Weekend, November 5th, I think is the date of the event, but it's November 4th through 7th for the convention. Yeah. So everybody can be there. We want to see all of our Warcaster players there because we have some legitimate terrain uh, from quite a few different companies that are going to be there. So it'd be really cool to see people play on it. Yeah. Um, let's get to the let's get to the meat and potatoes that everybody says that we're like very professional on, and I put quotes around the professional part. <laughs> um, 
first things first, we both took the cadre, which is like a no brainer for almost anything nowadays. Yeah, that'll be um, every week, I think. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna kind of skip that because we'll go back to those models. But we both took quite a few heavy solo armies. I mean, this army to me really was heavy, heavy in the solo department. Yes, the solos, in my opinion, the solos are unquestionably the all stars of the Imperians. Correct. So let's go with your wild cards. Did you take any wild cards? I took Axel for hire. Okay. I don't really have a whole lot of rationale for that. I think he's cool, and I didn't take him last time, and I felt bad because <laughs> he was sitting on my desk judging me. Yeah. Uh, the other one I took was Harlan Seck, the curator, which I think you took as well, didn't you? A hundred percent. This guy is legit. Yes. I mean, so, go ahead. Yeah, so the, the worst combination, and by worst I mean the best, he's got, uh, was it the Agitator, where... You, your opponent has to show you their cipher cards and you pick one to discard. Yes. And then he's got another thing called the conductor where he can just poof out of existence and appear near a friendly model. Yeah. Yeah. I think also another one is the, is a quantum harmonizer. Uh, you roll an action dice for each model, each friendly model around him with five inches and you remove one damage. I mean, this guy yeah. is just, I mean, he only costs one. Mm -hmm. He's got three health. He's got decent. He's got decent stats. His defense sucks, but I mean overall, everything else is a four and a five. Yeah, a move and a five. Uh, compound armor, so explosions. He doesn't care about really much. Uh, he can use all of his weapons. Uh, he's immune to cold, corrosion, and fire. Mm -hmm. So he's like, yeah, shoot me, I don't care. <laughs> um, he ignores movement terrain when he's charged, and then he, you know, he can sp spike at any time to look at cipher cards, heal, or reposition anywhere. Right. It doesn't He's say got the shenanigans. Yeah. It doesn't say two inches from the models next to him. Location two inches of any friendly model. Yeah. Um his toolbox is super, super deep. And right. I'm playing up in my list, I'm playing up with that agitator really heavy in my list. I mean, his weapons, okay, they're they're alright. Um yeah, he's modules. not going to outpunch Corvus or anything, but he's yeah. as a support model, he's amazing. Yeah, hundred percent great. Um, what was one other one that you took? The other two that I took from my heroes were the two that we have so far for the actual Imperians themselves, or really in Anastrius. Let's see. I took so. I mean, I'm going to tell you the reason I took uh, doctors in my list, no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> Just for the simple fact that she can give an arc out. And this goes to the fact of this army is going to be so arc starved that her doing this makes it a whole lot easier for me. Yeah. Um, I consider that I will probably have hardly very little to no arc by the end of this game because I'll be putting it in, putting it out, putting it in, putting it out nonstop. Yes. Um, I, I anticipate having an empty well most of the game. Oh, yeah. Um. What was the what was the one that we took? You did we we did have the internal meditator because they're part of the harbinger. True. Uh, the cadre, um, and this one's just a, a legit good. I mean, one it has flight, mm -hmm. which I'm going to tell you, flight is super important in this game. Speed seven. I mean, how can you? Oh my god. Yeah. Um. You know he can get an arc anytime someone dies around him. 
Um, anytime a model's destroyed around them, of course. Um, and then bring them back with it. Yes, and then bring it back. Um, and then he can, you know, his slip field, so he can move another three inches. The weapons are very short range, only eight and two inches. Uh, but the Void Heller that uh, this character uses is range eight, but it's a spray weapon. Yes. Oh, it's like fast moving and spray. You can't beat that. Yeah, and at speed seven with flight, he's not too really concerned about being out of range for very long. No. Yeah, I mean, there's no problem whatsoever. I'm like, oh, there's a building there? Don't care. Yep. Don't care. Um, we both did take factotums. Um, I took one and you took one. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I, I only took one and I think it's just because, you know, I will walk it around with a jack because that's pretty much what it is. It's a jack yeah. support. I didn't have the urge to take any more than that, but I mean, he fills kind of the same role as the auto mech for ISA or the combat engineer for, uh, the martial worlds. Correct. Um, you can, char- you know, it has the same thing The you know, charge it up if you use, uh, a cipher uh, on it and it can remove tokens, which I think is the best part of it is it can remove an activation token. Yep. Which is very powerful in this game. Um, and then it can repair a friendly model. Yep. Pretty much. Nothing complex. Yeah. Nothing. It's a good support. Um, what was another, there was a Paragon commanders. Yeah, so this is the first time I've actually taken a cadre unit outside of a cadre. It was, I wanted another Paragon Commander. I, I agree. The Paragon Commander is great. I'll be honest with you, great. I almost forgot to take the Oculus. <laughs> and I almost forgot because we've got Aurelian and two Paragon Commanders already running around casting ciphers whenever they feel like it. I completely forgot at first, until like five minutes before the show, that I needed to put an Oculus in here. <laughs> Well, let's talk about the Paragon Commander because, like I said, he isn't. They are in the cadre, but uh, I took one outside the cadre too. I have two in my force. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, they're just really, really good. Um, weapon expert, great. Mm-hmm. Really good stat line. Defensive three is not bad. Speed speed five, movement five, rat four, armor four, and a focus. The armor support. four is what gets me. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and I. I personally, I have the worst luck when it comes to models who cast ciphers. If you watch Jericho Reach, you know the first thing to die is always whatever is casting ciphers. Yeah. So ha- having an absolute beat stick out there saying, nope, I'm going to cast and there's nothing you can do about it, I like that. Correct. I mean, his arc ray, the arc relay is not, I mean, I wouldn't say it's not very long. It's only 10, but when he's charged, it's 15. Mm-hmm. So you have a 20-inch threat with a cipher. Fury ciphers. And, um, yeah, and unlike the Oculus, he's actually he's not afraid to get up in there to use it. Correct. Um, and so, I mean, that's a lot of threat range to use a Fury, in my opinion. I mean, it's just, I mean, you start off and you're, you know, so many distance when you start with the game, let him move five inches. Um, and then, you know, second turn, you're another 15 inches out there. You're going to mm-hmm. hit whatever you want to hit or exactly. have range to it. Um... Weapons are pretty decent on them. Uh, it is a first one's a range ten, the numinous agitator. Um, gets rid of cipher cards. Great. Yep. Um, and then the celestial cleaver, which is their melee weapon. This is uh, where the money's at. I mean, okay. First off, two inch reach. Great. Um, Pal five, even better. 
And then the Thaumaturgic Initiator. Oh, yes. Go ahead and go with this. <laughs> so the Thaumaturgic Initiator is if this model kills an enemy model using his sword or his spear or whatever it is, he can immediately play and channel the Fury Cipher through that model. Correct. So since we both took two of them, theoretically, you could play four ciphers. Correct. You do an opening cipher, you stab, kill, cast a fury, stab, kill, cast a fury, and then you do another cipher at the end. What the hell? Yeah. These... It, it just gets me how much this army... And when I get to the one of my solos that you didn't take is a reason why this makes it even better. Because... I mean, the doctor gives you six cards in your hand, okay? Yep. So, I mean, you have a, a, a good beefy hand to start playing stuff. Um, and then I'm, I'm looking at it, and you're like, oh, you got that? And I also, one that you didn't take but I took was Master Tolkien. And yeah, talking about him. I, the reason why I took him is because the, all the ability to use cards nonstop. So you could technically have six cards in your hand, and instead of discarding ciphers on step eight, you can reveal that cipher card and give it to that model. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, I mean, you, you've got it. Yeah. <laughs> this model can have up to three cipher cards at a time. Yep. He's a champ. Yeah. Which I, I guess mean, he's been, he's been around for a long minute. It kind of deserves to be. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff. I like him. I mean, his his weapons are okay. I mean, destroys an enemy model. You know, can immediately take an additional attack with this weapon. So I mean, you can get a lot of things going. There's a lot of cards. Yeah. I mean, so that was one of them I took that you didn't take. Uh, I mean, he does have he he could ignore stealth, which really doesn't matter because he's got you know a melee weapon <laughs> which i thought was weird but as a pathfinder so yeah now one of the heroes that i took that you didn't take was what's his name aurelian aurelian he's got a full title I mean, oh yeah he's, that's that's the one that looks extremely badass but couldn't take yeah so <laughs> aurelian aeon weaver there he is so he is essentially a turret like, he's got Fury Ciphers. When you channel Fury Cipher through him, after it's done, you can charge him. And if you channel Fury while he's charged, it's minus one armor. You can channel Fury through him and then spike to return it back to your hand. He's nuts. He's just like this kind of squat-looking, walking Cipher turret. And I took him because he's awesome. I don't own him because, I'm sorry, Privateer, the model looks a bit ridiculous. <laughs> like, he... he he looks exactly like he plays. He, he's a stumpy little 50 mil base walking turret, and he looks like it. <laughs> I'm sure at some point I'll get the model, but for right now I just can't bring myself to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, what was the other solo? I took the Erlon Aeon Weaver. Is that one we were talking about? Yep. Yep. That's him. Yep. That's Turret Boy. Yeah. Um, and then. The one that I really wanted to have, but I couldn't find a good place to put it, was the Heavy Saber. Really? I I, I like it. It's great. I But I, I was like, uh, I can only fit one. I couldn't figure out to fit two. Um, 
And so I was just like, uh, you've got to bring it out. In my opinion, it's super, super fast. Uh, speed seven, decent stats across the board, fours, except for defense of three. Um, three health, so it's, it, it's kind of beefy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can use all of its weapons during the same time, which is great in my opinion. He is functionally a warjack. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a cheap warjack at that. Yeah. Who you can activate as a solo. Correct. Um, he has the same abilities, the arcane module where, you know, you get an arc if you are targeted by a cipher. Mm-hmm. Um, ignores rough terrain and can use ex- Eclipse Drive, which I think is the most po- one of the most powerful abilities in the entire game. Yes, it is. Uh, I want to take a small break with talking about this guy for this simple effect of why I think the Empyrean is one of the most difficult game, difficult factions to master. Mm-hmm. And it's Eclipse Drive and Arc. You're limited by the amount of Arc you have. And you're going to be putting out Arc everywhere as much as possible with this army. Yes. Because that's what it's meant to be. And so you've got to figure out you're going to be spiking nonstop so you can get rid of that arc to reposition it elsewhere in your army. Yes. And the Eclipse Drive is the perfect way to do it. Yeah. The term arc economy really applies when you're talking about Empyreans because you're going you're going to constantly be running out of arc and then have to have a strategy not just how to spend it, but how to get it back and then how to spend it a different way. Correct. And the Eclipse Drive, I think, is one of the best ways to do this in the game i mean i walk up i blow up with all my weapons i attack everything and spike no activation token yep and then i return that arc back to the well correct beautiful it's gonna be super super this one i I, anybody that plays imperium they've got to really be on their game because this stuff right here it it's a very big juggle with arc yes so all right let's talk about his weapons Yes, uh, let's. So first off, <laughs> if you have not seen this model in person, I just finished painting up mine last week. This model is nuts. It's got four legs. It's rearing up. And it's, it's just these massive whip hands that are coming down to like four little, little prongs. It's, just, it's bonkers. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's a great model. But he borrowed a, a little ability that we've previously seen on Voss and Artemis Fang, I think, which is where you can toggle what weapon you're using. The, the Protean Forges? Yes. Yes. Very good weapons. I mean, you've got armor piercing. So every time you use it, you have to choose one. Now, the POW isn't great, but it's good enough. Uh, it's a POW 3, range 2. Um, but you spike, and it gets armor piercing. Yep. Which is always great. Or you can increase those weapons to range 4, which is even really cool. And he has strafing attacks with melee weapons. I mean, come on. <laughs> strafing melee weapons, my friend. How can you not look that up and go, yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I saw that and I was like, man, strafing melee weapons? And I can see it because they're whips. It kind of yeah. fits a little fluffy type thing. And uh, I was like, yeah. And like I said, I wanted to fit two, but I just couldn't fit two in there. And so, it's important to note, he's got two of these melee weapons. So if you get super lucky with your dice, you're getting six attacks. Yes. The, I, I don't know anything else in the game that can come even close to that, except maybe the headsman. Definitely not a melee. I mean, th- this guy is meant to kill troops. Yes. I mean, you look at troops and he's like, yeah, it's, I'm going to... 
I'm going to kill this guy over here, and then I'm going to kill these units over here. Yep. It's a numbers game, and I'm winning. Yes. Uh, range weapon? Range 10, pal 4, but the force ram makes it very, very good. Yeah, you well, I'm actually kind of curious about that, because he he's a very good melee unit, but he's using the ram to push something farther away from him. I, I would have loved, but probably actually hated, if he had the winch ability. Well, you know, I was thinking about that, because I was like, oh, it would be cool that way he could shoot, pull him in, then he could just beat him up with the whips. Mm-hmm. But he makes him very versatile in the fact that he comes up, whips the crap out of everything, and goes, oh, you're on that objective, shoot you, slam you into that wall. Yep. I think you're right. I mean, I, I just picture, you know, in my head, he walks up, he sees a bunch of troops, kills it, and all of a sudden, the head turns and looks over to Jack, and then, like, that little glint of the eye pops off, and he <laughs> shoots that Jack and slams it in the wall. I'm just, just like, yeah. Just insult injury. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it, so, I mean, he's got a 17-inch threat with that, if you think about it. Um, True. Without any extra cards or anything played. So, I mean, he's got good versatility in that. Yeah. Um, let's go. You know what? One thing we need to stop and talk about uh, before we forget, because I know we almost forgot last time, um, the Carapax. This is yeah. the mantlet for um, the Imperium, and I was really shocked by this. It doesn't suck. No, it all. does not suck at all. I mean, it's your standard one and four, defense one, armor four. So, I mean, it's still kind of hard to take off. You know, it can get hit, mm-hmm. but the special rules for it are really, really good. I yes. mean, compound armor. Mm-hmm. Don't care about blast. You're like, yeah, forget it. But then you get Revelator. I mean, come on. Yeah. So this is the perfect thing to drop down and take up literally a firing position behind. Correct. You don't care about stealth now. Your your squads, your basic squads, are now up to what armor four against blast. Yeah. Which is normally the way to clean them out. Yeah, I mean, I, I was like really surprised that it, it got it gave you the ability to see through stealth because I was like, oh, here's a major shooting unit. I'm going to pop them out right behind it. Oh, they only cost two and I have three on here. Let's put that mantlet right there. Yep. And that guy's dead. And now I can see everything. Yep. Yeah. I was really, really surprised about that. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I could deal with that. I am delighted he is. <laughs> um... So real let's, quick, go ahead. let's talk about vehicles. Bit of a change from last week. Yeah, you didn't take any. Yes, uh, I have admitted freely to my vehicle addiction. I took no vehicles this time. Which I thought was very, very interesting because the character vehicle with Ex- Execrator Nyx, mm-hmm. I am in love with. Go and talk about him real quick. Um, okay, so base stats, speed 8, mat 3, rat 5, defense 3, armor 4. Good, because mm-hmm. you're going to be shooting. Uh, great speed. Speed 8 is amazing. Um, and so, you know, it has one art point. Uh, and I took the Heavy Shadow Matrix. I love this yes. one. <laughs> one, range 14. You're going to hit the entire board. Speed, f- uh, pal 5, you're going to hit everything. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you hit it, you get to, you know, if you don't kill it, you get to reposition the model. You know, you spike. But the best part is Soul Seeker. <laughs> Can target warrior models without line of sight. How stupid is that? 
Yeah. You're like, I'm going to go hide behind this building and then kill that model that you can't see. That's just to me, that's just, that's just so overpowered. Yeah. But I mean, it's only one shot, so it's not, you know, too bad, but it'll definitely help you take out that pesky warrior model that's out there. Oh, it, it, it's not the, it's not quite the antecessor at Eternals. Correct. If we want to open up that can of worms. But I mean, it is really, really good. It is very good. Admittedly, yeah. yes. The only reason I didn't take any of the vehicles, the, the Zenith, I think it is, is because everything I would use it for, I already have another unit to do with in this list. I like this one. One, I, I love the model. The model's really cool. It's very unique. Yeah. Um, I like that it has gate launcher. Um, so you can spike a gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could, you know, you could fly this guy way out there and then drop a gate behind enemy lines. Uh, it can, you know, uh, do another three inch move by spiking. Um, there, its basic weapons are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's a beam range twelve pal three, but it has strafe on it and high intensity, which is no joke. No, yeah, that's like okay, pal three, okay, but if I have an arc on this, that's even better. Yeah. Um. So I mean, range twelve. You can't beat that. Maneuvers are pretty good on this. Um, not gain an activation token. Uh, remove an activation from a target-friendly solo within 10 inches, which I think is really good. Yeah, you're going to uh, need that. Yeah. Um, you can do a sequence gamma, which them roll additional power die against flight models, and gains plus one defense but from flight models. Um, what was the other one? Theta. It can spike to charge with one immediately after this model spikes for the first time during it can charge it with one arc, you know, and then it gains stealth. Okay. Yeah, bag of tricks. I mean, let's just talk about a vehicle with stealth. <laughs> let's Come talk on. about the mental image of a vehicle with stealth. Yeah. Just kinda glistens away like a predator. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I thought that was really cool. I wanted to buy one, um, last year at warfare weekend and they didn't have any. And I was like, dang it. Cause I was like, that's just a cool looking vehicle. Yeah. Uh, I was going to tell you, I've got one, one that I painted up that you'll see in episode two of Jericho reach this, this season. Nice. And it, it's a fun model. It is very, very good. Um, let's go with jacks. Cause yeah. these jacks are much more different than anything else. You did not take any demons I saw. Were you on your list? I took one sentinel, one demon. One, one sentinel, one demon. Yeah, and I'll have went... to go ahead and judge you as a terrible person because I saw two sentinels <laughs> in your list. <laughs> I'm sorry. The sentinels are, into that. are legit. I almost didn't take a demon at all. But I was like, you know what? I, I really need a cheaper jack that can get a little bit of work done. And... I was like, mm, you know what? I, I'm going to take a demon in there. Yep. So what demon did you go with? So the demon I went with is what I call the fishing build. So it's a plasma blade, just kind of your bog standard melee weapon, mm-hmm. paired up with a gravitonic lash, which is the quintessential whip, yep. uh, winch. So I tag you, I'm going to drag you into melee range, chop you up into little bits. And then I added a force shield projector just to get that extra bit of armor because there's some things that I'm going to be dragging into combat with that I don't want to be in combat with. Correct. And the demon really can't take that much. Um, it does have three health, but its defense is a three. Yep. 
Uh, it is armor four, so jumping up to armor five really puts it on a good good way. Yes. Um, the one thing let's talk about the chassis rules. Um, when it's charged, it has cover, which is amazingly powerful in this game. Yes. Um, and um, they have the ability to disruption engine, which means getting reading ciphers on other models. Um, but the the Cortex, you took the one, which one was it did you take, you said? I took the Eidolon. Yeah, I did too, because that makes it where, you know, you target the Cypher, you get an arc. And you're going to be, you're going to be running through your deck like crazy with this army. Yes. Or you should be, I should say, because of the way you can spend out, the way the Arcane, uh, Arcanium module works, you should be throwing out stuff like crazy. Yes, unquestionably. To make where you can charge up like easy. So... See, I turned mine into a shooter. Um, I was like, you know what? Uh, I can get this out really quickly, and then I'm just going to have it shoot everything in its path. Artillery, uh, nice. Yeah, it is an artillery piece for me. Um, I did use, so my back weapon is the Meteor Cannon, because I like the range 14 slam. Yeah. Which is great for objective control. Also, it's great for just, hey... Oh, you're on top of that building that is, you know, 10 inches tall. Let me slam you off of it. Yep. Um, which I've seen before, which is really good. Um, and then, of course, I took um, another one. And it's this one's a little bit smaller range, but, you know, with his speed, uh, I took the phase trajectory cannons. Um, range 10, power 3, but it ignores line of sight and cover when this model is charged. I knew it. And this model is going to be charged. Yes. I mean, ignoring line of sight. Okay, I put you behind a building. Charge them up. Don't care. Um, oh, you're behind a building? You know, you're behind a building with cover? Don't care. All that is just worthless to this model. Yep. Uh, and so I, that's where I went with that one. Um, and I was like, this... That's the only way I could try to figure out, you know, A, not putting another sentinel out there and be <laughs> being a three sentinel guy to, uh, or just you know I, I i like the shooting option of this one because you could technically i mean since he's only you know two to bring out and you have three say you have three on a gate you put him out with a mantlet now he ignores stealth cover and um can shoot through anything mm -hmm. so i mean it's it's almost he has every ability out there yeah it's is wild and disgusting. Yeah, and so I went with that. Um, and this is the light war jack we're talking about, people. Yeah, the the light one. <laughs> um, and so now let's go with the big boys. You only took one, and I took two demons. I only demons. took one because I still want to have friends when the game's over. <laughs> <laughs> I took two because uh, I want to win the game. No, um, as a spirit. But I, I each one of them has their own things. Um, one of them is a melee jack and one's a shooting jack. Um, so and if you're not looking at the list, they're almost identical, which I think correct. is interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my melee jack, I took the Helion. Um, so whenever he attacks something in melee, he can move up to two inches. Right. So he, he's a, he's a, he's, he's a Tasmanian devil. <laughs> um, four shield projector. I mean, that puts him up to armor six. That's yep. legit. Now, of course you're going to get hit because the demon only has a defense of two. I mean, 
Sentinel. Uh, uh, yeah. Or, or Sentinel, I should say, not Demon. The Sentinel only has a defense of two, so you're going to get hit. So that's the reason why I, you know, I went with a four-shield projector. Mm-hmm. Um, my back weapon for my melee one is a Dark Star, or chest, I should say, is a uh, Dark Star. Um, this is a really good weapon, in my opinion. Okay, you'll have to refresh me on that one. Okay, well, it's an energy weapon. Range 14, PAL 4. Nice. Good stats, good range. Um, if it destroys an enemy model, other models within two inches of that model suffer PAL 4 damage roll. So it's like a blast weapon in a way. I remember this, but it doesn't... I don't know if it does blast, does it? No, that's the no. cool thing about it. It's <laughs> just, if you destroy that model, I, in my mind, that model's spiky bits get thrown out all over the place and you're getting killed by your own model that exploded. <laughs> So if you have a compound armor, we don't care. Correct. And that's the reason why I was like, I was like, oh, that's a pretty good, you know, chest option. Um, and then, of course, I took the heavy, heavy plasma blade on each side. And, okay, so it's range two, pal six. Mm-hmm. Pal six. On top of that, fire's continuous effect. Yep. Come on. That's just and stupid. And you've got two of them. Yes. So, I mean, if I don't kill you, you're on fire, and it's even worse. So, I mean, that was my, that was my, that's my heavy melee version. What did you take on yours? Well, let's actually jump over to your range one real quick, because mine's more of a bag of tricks. Okay. Um, my range one, I took the, what was it, the uh, arc exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can clear arc and charge a smart arc at a sort of activation no matter what. Um, and then I took, of course, forge shield projector because why not? Your armor is super tough. Right. Um, Dark Star again, because the Dark Star is really, really good. I mean, it'll it'll clear out a unit if it does it right. True. Uh, But then I took um, the phase trajectory cannon. So it's another, you know, range 10, pal 3, ignore line of sight and cover when attacking with someone is charged, which it's going to be charged. Pretty much. And so it's, it's another... I'm going to sit down and shoot and move around and shoot. And I don't care where you're at because I ignore line of sight and I ignore your cover. So he's a, he's a jerk. You're going to have a bad time is what we're saying. <laughs> um, he's not fun at all. I mean, if I was playing against one and I saw that, I'd be like, I got to kill that now. Yes. I got to find a way to get to that thing and kill it now. And that I'm actually delighted to see is a major theme I've been seeing with the heavy warjacks is the best strategy against him is either find a way to ignore them or kill them before they can get charged up and do stuff. Yeah. And you can't ignore this, Jack, because you can't ignore anything that can see through everything and shoot through everything Yeah, and, and do all that. And, it, it, you know, like I said, throw a mantlet down, you ignore stealth. Yep. And now you're what, armor like seven or some crap against, <laughs> against blasts. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, man, this is absolutely disgusting. All right, go with yours. Okay, so mine, I took more as the bag of tricks. I try to normally have some role in mind when I take models, especially when it's tailoring warjacks. If you hear noise in the background, the war budgie is chirping next to me. So that may be what what the background (laughs) noise is. She's having a very good day. So for my Sentinel, I took the, the Newman Cortex so I can charge it as soon as I activate it. And then I can dump the arc at the end of the activation because that's going to be important. And then for his weapons, I just kind of went through and picked everything that I think would be cool 
that may have an individual use. So we're starting off. He's got the Nova Cannon as, I think, his back weapon. I'm not even sure. The model's outside, so we're going to go <laughs> later. It, it's, easy. It's, a, it's a range 12, POW 5, fire spray. So it's, it's a flamethrower. Yeah. So trick number one, he's running a flamethrower. Trick number two, he's got the Eclipse Inducer on his chest. That's a range 12, POW 4. When uh, he kills a model, I can immediately charge him. Yep. So if I want to spike and burn that one earlier, then I can charge him again once I kill someone with this. Correct. So th- and that factors into that economy we were talking about, where you, you're always charging, spiking, spending, regaining, and all that. Heavy Plasma Blade, because I I can't bring myself to do anything that's exclusively melee or range, so I wanted to give him a melee weapon. That again, much like yours, Fire Continuous Effect, POW 6, nonsense. And I don't know how to pronounce this last one. The Antiminator, I think is called the Antiminator. Um, it's see. a one-point arm weapon. But it's a range energy, range 8, but it turns off cipher cards when it hits a unit. And that's just the uh, the insult to injury right there. That's yeah. the, the angry cherry on top of the chaos cake is, and then I'm turning your cipher cards off. Because I hate cipher cards. I mean, I love them, <laughs> but things like Plexus Densifier on units to just boost their armor to all hell, can't stand it. Yeah. And it would be great if this thing could walk up and the first thing it does is reaches out, boop, and turns that card off and then just unleashes hell. Um, I think what was left, we have left. We got through all of our, I think pretty much what we have now is just, because um, we got our solos, is yeah. troops now. I had a really hard time with the troops. Um, okay. It was a really hard thing because I love speed models. And this army, the troops, I'm not entirely yes on the troops because the troops are very weird. So we both took Saber Guardians. Um, And the reason why I took the Saber Guardian is, I mean, they are slow and then average stats. Um, They all have the Arcanium module, the Eclipse Drive, and the Havoc Engine, um, which is good. Um, But the weapon, the Reticulum Beam... Mm-hmm. is really good in my opinion. Um, POW 14, or range 14, POW 4. Uh, lockdown and high intensity. Super legit. Like, I want to fuck up a jack, here it is. Yeah, and as we mentioned before, high intensity with Empyreans where you're throwing around arc like it's nobody's business. This is good stuff. Correct. I mean, it's melee weapon, stinks. And I'm going to tell you, <laughs> it's only range 1, POW 2. But the reticulum is super, super powerful. Um, yeah, you can't win them all. Yeah. So, I mean, that I went with that. And you took pretty much almost one of everything. I did take one of everything. And I'm going to see something that sounds kind of mean, but it's not meant that way. <laughs> I don't... The squads for Empyreans don't inspire me the way the solos do. I agree with you. All the solos have these really cool tricks. There's actually one solo we didn't talk about. We'll come back to here in a second. So, okay. for the squads, I literally just grabbed one of each. And then they're not bad. It's just they're just not. They just don't make you go. I gotta have it. I gotta exactly. have it. Exactly. It it doesn't have that wow factor that the other stuff does, which is good because someone's got to carry the weight. Yeah, I mean, so the strike force are very, you know, they're they're good speed, very bland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see them being um, something that you could use to grab objectives and run away with. Definitely. But I have something else that's better for that, in my opinion. Yeah. 
Um, they have three different weapons, and they do have an ion cannon, which is high intensity, and they have two melee weapons, but it just, I was like, uh, no. Yeah. They feel kind of like the the stuff that came out of the first wave of releases in the starter sets. Like, it, it's all just kind of basic functional stuff. Yeah. Like, here's a basic squad and all that. And these do a good job of fulfilling those basic things. Here's a basic shooty squad. Here's a basic stab squad. But as a result, there's nothing that really jumps out. Yeah. I mean, and the Vanguards, they have everything. They do get sidestep. And yes. they do to have two fusion scythes. Um, but you know what? I've got a bunch of other stuff that attacks much better than this. Even though exactly. it does have high intensity, I have other things that can do it, in my opinion, better than what they can and can survive. Yes. Because they only have one health. So yeah, there's nothing bad about them, but here's their participation prize, and they're mostly here just to be bodies. Yeah. Uh, what was the solo that we missed that you wanted to say talk about? I want to talk about the fulcrum. Oh second. yeah, we did forget about the fulcrum. Because I took two of them, and you you didn't take any of them, and I don't blame you. <laughs> because you probably didn't take them for the same re- for the exact same reason that I took them. They are hilarious. They are, and it's mostly because of all the reposition shenanigans that they have. Yeah, I, I, I looked at it and I was like, okay, they can move around the field pretty decent because it's a speed six. Um, it has all the cool stuff, the void shifter, slip field, and arcanium, and it has the void cannon, which is, it's, you know, it's what it's used, supposed to be used for. Yeah. So if you're not, if you guys are not familiar with the fulcrum, I'm going to point out three things. Uh, if you shoot at it while it's charged, it can move three inches after the attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can spike to reposition a target-friendly unit within five inches of it and move it around, what, three inches. And then it's got a dislocator cannon, so it can hit an enemy model and move it. This thing can move anything on the board that it wants, and while that's not super powerful, it is hilarious. <laughs> it is. It, it, it makes your characters like just take them out of place, and you're like, damn it. Yeah, just when, when everyone's working worried about, hey, board control and advancing here and all this kind of stuff. You're just like, no, I'm just I'm going to shuffle everything here. So I took two of them. I want to throw stuff off buildings. I want to push guys off objectives. I want to put guys onto objectives. I want to do whatever. Fulcrum's my champ. Yeah, and, and to me, that's the reason why I was like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> type thing. Like I, said, I, just... I, I don't blame you. In a competitive environment, I probably would, would not take him. Yeah. But he's just too much fun. Um. Yeah, because you took that. So l- let's go with the other two troops. Um, l- and there was one that I took two of, uh, mm-hmm. which is the Ancestors Eternal. I love me flight squads. Yeah. I mean, so they're speed seven, mat four, armor three. Good stats. Two health apiece. Um, the models are cool as hell looking. They are. Yes. They are very very cool. Um, they have the whole thing of you know, the Arcana module, impulse reactor, and slip displacer. Um, so they can get into even cooler spots, and you can remove the activation token if you don't spike with that. So I mean, they're highly maneuverable, and they have one of the models that kind of like screws people over too. Um, they have Darkhold, which is a soul seeker weapon. Yeah, uh, of course it's only warrior models, but range ten, pal four. Don't care. You're just going to blast much. through stuff. Uh, melee weapons are good, too. Two melee weapons at POW 4. Um, I took two of them because I could see flanking with these guys pretty quickly. 
Yes. I mean, they are kind of expensive. Their deployment costs are three, but you know, that's they're, they're expected. I mean, they're weapon experts, so they can use all their weapons. Um, and so they can slice, slice, blow up, slice, slice, blow up. I mean, this unit can get stuff done and get to places it needs to get to. Right. So, I mean, I took two of those just cause I love me some flight units. Um, but then we took, uh, of course this comes with the cadre, the Paragons. Why don't you go with this one? So the Paragons, so the Paragons are basically just a small version of the Paragon commander we were talking about earlier. They're beat sticks. So they are, what are we, uh, they're speed five. Awesome. Yeah, there we go. Four. Defense. Yeah. They have low defense, but decent high armor because they're armor four. Right. So for the Imper- they're basically the opposite of the intercessors, which I apologize to every single every single listener. Someone at my local game store called them robot chickens, and I can't not call them robot chickens. Now. <laughs> they're gorgeous models. They're amazing in the game, and they're freaking robot chickens now. So, anyways, these guys are the opposite of robot chickens. They're not maneuverable at all. Speed five. It's not terrible, but they're not going anywhere in a hurry. But armor four. These guys are the heavy hitters, and they. They look visually very much like we we're talking about the ISA regulators on the last episode. They they fulfill, I think, much the same kind of role. Correct. And they're probably good at it. I haven't tried them out, but they're probably very good at it. Yeah, I mean, Nemesis engine, when one or more models in the squad are destroyed by an enemy attack while charged, one of the models can make an attack. I mean, you don't want to kill them, but you want to kill them with range. Right. And you want to kill them farther than 10 inches. Yep. Because it doesn't say you attack with a melee weapon. It attacks with, with, can make one attack. And I mean, sure, the fusion glaives are great because they got powerful attack because when hitting warjacks, they can spike once to cause a warjack for system failure. Um, but, you know, the agitators also gets rid of cypher cards. Mm-hmm. They, they're going to find a way to make you hurt. Oh, yeah. And they look really cool, too. Uh, they look boss. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, they get to use all their weapons. They can shoot and attack at the same time, and they're really good. Like no complaints. Yeah. No complaints about this. I mean, defense, too, yeah, you're going to get hit. Yes. But. Are you... And at speed five, you're going to trail behind the robot chickens. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're just a good. I could see putting them up and putting them around an objective or holding a, a spot so people can't come through. Yeah. Not great at it, but enough that, that if you kill one, you get shot back. Or hit back, depending on what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into the rack, um, they have their own special um, attachment, which goes to the sabers. Um, That's right. I didn't really care for this one that much. Um, they, it, it's okay in my opinion. The Aerolith, isn't it? Yeah, Aerolith. Yeah. An absolutely adorable model. Yeah, I just, okay, so it, 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 it grants Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the special ability is Interceptor Drive where, uh, it can shield guard pretty much. Um, and then it can charge to make models lose stealth within 10 inches. Okay. Yes. 
Um, it's pulse array weapons, not bad. It does have two damage types, which is force and explosion. It's uh, not bad. Not bad. Uh, it is range 10, power 3, so it's a little low side on damage. Uh, range is okay. Uh, it is a blast weapon, but it does have high intensity. I don't know if I would be taking this a lot in this ar- in this army. That's fair. Uh, for the simple fact that everything's so expensive to bring out, adding this one extra model, I don't think it's like 100% going to have to be done. Yeah, and that goes back to our conversation about arc economy. Like, Correct. You're probably not going to be in a position, or you may not be in a position, where you want to spend that extra point. Unless you're just trying to clear it off a gate, maybe. Yeah. Now, I will say, the, the reason I didn't take one, because I actually have this model, and it is a really adorable model. If you if you haven't looked at this, and you're near your computer, stop listening, pause this thing, go look up a picture of this, and then read Intercept Driver again. I am not killing this thing to spare anything on that board. <laughs> no. It's it's cool. It's a cool concept, but it is it is really tough to fit it in. Um, so I think we covered all of our models. I don't think we missed anything. I think that one of the things that we have to, I mean, really this army, you're going to be arc starved a lot. Yes. But I mean, it is, that's the way this army is meant to be. If you're playing this army, you've got to be on the ball with it or you'll get owned pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very high skill cap in my opinion. And it goes to... Uh, you and I did not take one of the cipher cards, and we're going to talk about that, and I'll let you go with it. But it's because I don't see a reason for it, because you're going to be arc starved. Which one did you? Which one are we talking about? Right. So the odd man out here is I'm going to try to pronounce this thing again. The arcanescent regenerator. This is a harmonic, so it's a purple card. You target a friendly void gate, and you can immediately charge that gate with any amount of arc up to its limit, which honestly would be a freaking amazing card. For anyone who's not Empyreans. Correct. <laughs> but the sheer fact that it's here in Empyreans, and I, I really don't see a scenario where I would have so much arc sitting around, I'm like, my God, I wish I could just pour this onto a gate out of phase. I, I don't see that happening, so I didn't take it. I, I didn't either, because that's my, that's my thing that I'm thinking about. It's just going to be just too much to put out. Yeah. I'm already going to be arc star to begin with. I don't want that card in my hand because I'm going to be blowing through cards like crazy. Right. Anyway. So I'm just like, "Mm, not going to do it. It is admittedly a very cool card, but this is the wrong army to pair it with. I think. Yeah. And I think that if you can, if you can learn to use that card, you're going to make, damn good use of it. I just couldn't see myself using it because I'm going to be starved all the time. So if you use it and you can use it well and you can still keep your army going and everything, awesome. More power to you and hats off to you because this is this is a tough, like I said, we're still going to go back. This is a tough army to play. It's probably, that card is probably the graduation c- certificate. If you can make this card work in your <laughs> army, you understand Empyreans. And, and you can do it very well. Yeah. Um. So... We started building our, 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 our racks, and there were a lot of them that we did pretty much the same. So when I built it, I, I said to myself, there are certain cards I have to have in my army. Mm-hmm. Um, but we both went pretty heavy on our Furies more than we usually do. Yes, we did. I went from using like two to five. 
because that's what this army does. Yes. Um, now, there are some cards that we took that we always take. Um, I think it was like, did you take Kinetic? I didn't take Kinetic, but things like Impulse Inducer, Ascension Catalyst, like the usual ones. We don't need to hash over those again. Correct. I mean, we, there, there are a lot of them that we took that are just the same as our ISAs. But those are the standard type cards you would take. Right. Yeah. Um, Removing activation tokens, uh, giving Warjack benefits, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. we only so, have very little differences. As a subtle plug, if you haven't listened to our first episode, go back, listen to it. You'll get our thoughts on all these cards. Because <laughs> <laughs> most of them are there. I mean, because the one thing I, I went with is this army is built to use Furies very well. Yes. And that's when I was like, oh, I'm going to take and just go crazy with this. Yeah, it's like I've got four models that can cast Furies, and half of them do it as just a secondary bonus feature. Yeah. I mean, I, typical ones, like it says, Cryolock and was another one, an instability equation. Mm-hmm. We're using that. Um, the ones that I took outside of that I normally take is Havoc Spiral, uh, Paralytic Disruptor, and what was it? Uh, Cacophony Declination. <laughs> Man, I'm getting these names down. No, that's good. That's good. Yes, I, I took that one as well because honestly, I, it's an Empyrean specific, and I really like the vibe. Yes. Uh, system failure on a uh, Jack. Yep. On top of a Pal three hit. Yep. Yep. Can do with it. Um, and and you're gonna have with having so many models that can channel Fury in this game, uh, can arc it out. This model can make really a. Warjack just crumble. Yeah. Um, Havoc Spiral, I liked it because it's just... You can hit something, damage it, and then drag it towards you. Mm. And um, I used this back at Adepticon. And it was uh, pretty nasty. Because the propulsion was standing on top of a building. Yep, that's the best part. (laughs) They, I think they were standing on like an eight inch tall building or whatever. And we actually had to have the judge come over because we didn't know, does he drop automatically or does he float in the air and then drop? Like Wiley Coyote. Yeah. does like a Wiley Coyote. And they ruled it is that you pull them first and then drop them. That, that was giving me my guess. Yeah. So if you're uh, going to pull someone across a gap between buildings, make sure you're on the edge of the building. Otherwise, they're just going to join you up there. Correct. But, I mean, it was, which is interesting, because do they drop first, or do they fly across the room while they Cody and then drop? And they ruled it that they fly across the open air, then drop, because it also depends on if um, that model will, hits a obstacle or obstruction. Mm-hmm. So if there's like a, a, a thing, because what happened is when I did it, when he dropped, he dropped right on top of a wall, and so he landed behind that wall. Um, and so yeah. he hit the wall and then landed behind the wall. And so I couldn't pull him anymore. So I used that card back during the train episode of season one to pull someone across a gap between the cars. And when they hit the barricade on the, the forward facing car, they stopped and they dropped and just vanished off the map. <laughs> it's a nifty trick. It, it's the reason I like the, was it the gravimetric lash on the demon? It's just, it's a fun alternative to slamming someone. If you want to move someone around. Yeah. Um, and then the other one took was a uh, paralytic disruptor, which is, you know, another lockdown. Yeah. 
locking down models is just a pain in the ass. It's is usually not a bad choice. No, in any circumstance. Uh, what did you t- did you take uh, besides in your wreck that I didn't take? Uh, for the Furies, nothing crazy. Uh, the uh, cacophonic whatever I took in there, instability, power, kinetic, velocity, which are kind of my usual go tos. I did want to have four Furies. I usually run three Furies. I want to have four just because I've got so many models to throw them around. I don't want to be in a situation where I want to use them and don't have them. Yeah. You know. Uh, I'm going to jump down to Overdrive real quick. So Overdrive's only took three because I only took the two Warjacks. So Ascension Catalyst and Impulse Inducer I took by default. The Imperium-specific one, though, Kinematic Reassembler. Yes. This is gnarly, and I hate it and I love it. So what this is, you play it on a jack, you roll three action dice. For each strike you roll, you take one damage point off the Warjack. You can heal the stupid Sentinel at Armor 6 we were talking about earlier. Yep. And what is it... Action dice, if I recall correctly, have an average score of two thirds. So you're on average, you're removing two damage points off this off this warjack. Yeah, I, I took that one also because one, you're targeting a friendly warjack, so you get to target a jack, and if you target a jack with a cipher card, mm-hmm. you know that, and you get to heal on top of that. I'm oh, like, yeah. yeah, that one's pretty pretty popular. Uh, I would think that that would be. One that I always that I would have to do. Um, so yeah, there's that's that's like a must-have in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, the one that I took that you did not take was the kinetic accelerator. Mm-hmm. But I just love that because oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cast it. Jack gets to go again for pretty much. I mean, uh, making a melee attack roll against each enemy model. I would put that on my melee jack and just let him go to town and just rev the lawnmower yep yep he's just a weed whacker <laughs> having a good time so one of the other ones jumps out there's a harmonic that i took one of the imperian specifics that i don't think you took no i didn't i will try to pronounce it i'm from tennessee so be surprised i can speak english at all <laughs> the um, excogitation conspectus and if that gets us demonetized or anything, let me know. Basically, it's, <laughs> we're not, it's a harmonic. We're not, we're not monetized anyway, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, you target a friendly unit, and when that, when a model is hit by an enemy cipher while within five inches of a model affected by this cipher, you can choose a cipher card from your discard pile and put it back in your hand. So it's sort of the bodyguard function. So you Correct. slap this on a unit when someone sh- is uh, throwing around ciphers nearby. You can sort of steal the cipher. So that cipher goes off, you then draw one out of your hand. And it lasts the entire pulse round. It's a weird one, but I really like it, especially when if I want to use something like some of the more dangerous Furies, but then I want them back in my hand, that's exactly the kind of card that is going to get them there. Um, let's go with uh, Geometrics next. Geometrics, all right. What do you got? Um, displacement, reiteration, and temporal cycle. These are kind of just your basic ones. Yep. Remove activation tokens, um, make additional ranged attack, and let them move again. They're kind of the generic, I, I think, your common cards you're going to use all the time. Pretty much. I took a displacement index reiteration as well. I added in Plexus Densifier because the squads here are, if I'm not mistaken, pretty much universally armor three. 
And if there can't be an objective, pushing them up to armor five just makes them really frustrating to get rid of. And then finally, I took one of the other Imperium specifics, the control inoculum, which basically lets your unit or your squad function as a bodyguard for a warjack, mm-hmm. which is a weird one. But you slap this on a squad. If someone shoots at a warjack within five inches, a friendly warjack within five inches, you can have a model in that squad get hit instead. And that's just because I've got a lot of squads that I don't really have a use for, but I've got warjacks that I love. And you only have two. You got to be careful of them. Yes. Unlike me, that takes three and two sentinels. We don't talk about you, Gonzo. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're not. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I will send my sentinels right into where they need to be. Um. So the last we have is what our harmonics? No. No, I think that's it. No harmonics. There is. Because I got yep. the yeah. Because I, I, these are all basic, too. I didn't take anything. Recall the unit, which I think is super powerful in this game. Uh, remove a token from, you know, solo. And can make one extra melee or range attack. It's the pretty common common stuff. There, to me, there's going to be a set of cards that you're just always going to take, in my opinion. Pretty much. I took a regression theorem, divination algorithm, just for the range shenanigans. Encrypted command, same as you did. And then the one I talked about earlier, the Excogitation Conspectus. Yeah. So, I mean, we took... I mean, our lists, not too different. I mean, we always... I think we're always going to take Cadres, whether we like it or not. I really am, especially at the full battle level. Yeah. Um, Just because they're just legit good. Um, And then, you know, getting everything else. So, I think it's... I was very surprised how solo heavy I was with this army mm-hmm. um, that I was like double questioning myself going, wow, this is a lot of solos and <laughs> a lot of named solos at that. Um, and then I was like, okay, um, not very troop heavy. And I, I, I was really surprised because there's a lot of things that, you know, you have to have troops for, but my troops are very fast. Um, my guard, you know, I, my guardians are the only ones I have. My guardians would be the ones that would stay back and right. hold spots. But there is a lot of shenanigans with this army for the fact that I can hide and shoot you without having line of sight. Yep. Uh, I can hide and shoot you and not let you have stealth. I can hide and shoot you and, you know, not let you have cover. And yep. I'm like, everything just needs to be given a you know an arc and that's not hard to do with this army no it's very easy but it's it's nice because you've got so much variety in it like you've got your speed seven flying fast units you got your armor four beat sticks it's just it's a really really well-rounded army with a lot of cool tricks to it yeah there's there's a lot of things that are super weird with this faction. And like I said, this one was very hard for me uh, to get around because it's not just a simple, oh, this thing's got a lot of cool stuff. This thing beats. The arc management of this army is going to be the big tricky part. If you like a very complex army and a lot of shenanigans, this is your army. Yes. And I'd say if you're picking up as your main, once you find out what kind of units that you like, 
I don't want to say train with them, but practice with it because that movement of arc, that, that ebb and flow is going to be so, so critical to whether or not you succeed with this list. Correct. It is legit, in my opinion, one of the most complicated armies until we get the next faction, of course. But <laughs> but for right now, I think that this is this right here is a heavy, 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 heavy army to play. Um, kudos to you if you can play it. Uh, the models are great. Mm-hmm. The, they're fun. I could see having a lot of fun with this stuff. Um, but man, I I don't know if I could play this because my brain would explode trying to play and figure it out every time because <laughs> of the arc management. It's just crazy. And that honestly is where the narrative... I'm, I'm going to swoop in here. Where the narrative side takes over because I can take all the stuff because it's cool and I can not get half the gas mileage that I could get out of it and I'm still doing absolute nonsense things with cool looking models. I mean, not only all the arc, when I built this, you know, I've got where I can have six cards in my hand and three cards on, uh, was it Master Tolkien? Tolkien, yeah. Yeah. And so I have nine cards to choose from. That's half my deck. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to be burning through cards or have the option to burn through cards like crazy and the option to use cards a lot. So it's just going to be a lot of... A lot of management. Mm-hmm. If you can keep 25 plates in the air while being bit by fire ants, this army's for you. <laughs> <laughs> it is super, super good. Uh, and models you will are great. wreck with it. Yeah, and you'll wreck hard. This thing hits hard and damages really, really well. So, I don't know. Um, you think of anything else? I think we got everything. I think that's pretty good. I think we covered it. We're probably right about an hour or so. Yeah, we are. Um, guys, we want to also tell you that um, next week, we're going to go ahead and give a spoiler. Next week, we're not going to do an army discussion. We're going to talk about uh, community building and um, pretty much trying to see about getting new people to play the game and uh, how to go about that. It will be another two-week break, so it won't be next Friday, the Friday after that. Um, that will be September 9th. I think so. Yeah, and we will do that, and then we will uh, release that episode. But we're going to talk about community building because I think we're we're at a point now with the game that even though while this came out during the pandemic and then, you know, again during the pandemic, per se, that we're ripe in the right time to start building the community up and getting it bigger and better. I completely agree. And so we're going to do an episode on that. So I think we're done. Yeah, I think we're good. Guys, we appreciate you listening. Um, make sure you stick around. Also, if you make sure to go check out War Budgies and his page and start watching and looking at everything there, uh, you can go check out More Than Dice and you can check out. We have a ton of other things that you can listen to um, RPG games, uh, the podcast, uh, three other podcasts that are underneath us. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I actually went through it. I, under the More Than Dice banner we have over 527 episodes on there and i was like holy crap that's a lot of shit (laughs) um so for more than dice and war dice and that's john let's play that beautiful music